Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Thanksgiving week greetings to everybody. Hope you're ready for some turkey. Yeah, and those of you, you know, consumerism nuts out there who do Black Friday, I hope you enjoy the throng of people. Eh. I don't do that at all. I put everything in my cart on Friday, and then I buy it on Monday. <laughs> you buy it on Cyber Monday, don't you? <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Those are the ones I look forward to, too, because I don't have to leave the house to do them. There's, there's not really much. I go out for shopping, and I see the videos of people getting trampled for like $100 off a TV or something, and I'm thinking, you idiots, it's That's cheaper insane. in January. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. No offense to the people who do it, because I have you know friends and relatives who love to go do those Black Friday sales, but I'm, I'm, not, their own. Yeah, I'm not really willing to fight over a, you know, I, inexpensive 4k tv somewhere the, the other thing is i have to get up at 7 a.m well we have to get up at like 5 a.m to make a 7 a.m kids practice on the weekends yeah this, so this there, morning this morning there's you no had way to, i'm doing a friday like 5 a.m just to buy something <laughs> yeah this morning you said you had to leave like the house at 5 45 a.m didn't you yeah because uh we had well actually both of the girls had 7 a.m games luckily at the same rink so i could still see Ugh. as much as i could of two games uh and then the youngest actually had two games today so we've been haul trekking it did the did the brunch with the team and then a little bit of shopping for some things that we needed for the house and then back to another game and now we're home recording a podcast where'd you have brunch uh wheat fields oh is it good which i had i had not oh no julian seems to think i've had it i don't remember it it's pretty good i had a crock mixture i haven't had that in a while Okay. So, yeah. yeah. I have no idea good. what you're talking about, but it sounds good. It sounds good. As far as I'm concerned, nothing nothing of value happens in the morning because you know I'm a night person. So, yeah. <laughs> I, all right. Have good fun job. the next several years taking the kids to early morning games and early morning hockey practices. I do not envy you in that at all. I did invite you to Lexi's games, but I mean, she's got two at 7.15. I mean, so. I've gone to the ones that are like, you know, afternoon. So, yeah, yeah. Maybe at some point. Maybe I've, I've got to come. I came last season, so I've got to come at some point this season. So so mm-hmm. off of our tangent and back to the reason why people might be listening to this. Yes. Not the, the drink, not the drinking segment, because we, <laughs> nobody has said they missed that at all. So I'm, I'm glad we do it. But Oh, now, now it's going to be in the comments. Oh, now yeah. no one's going to stop talking about it. Yeah, what happened we've to the drinking away statement? With it. Um, it was our home series this weekend, our NCHC second NCHC play. series at Baxter Arena against the Miami Redhawks. So well. No, it did not go it did well. Did not go well. Oh, that was I. You know, we were talking to some friends, and I would say, hands down, that was the worst game I've seen this team play. Both games were the worst two games I've seen them play this season. Yeah, and. I would probably argue that's the worst games I've seen them play this calendar year. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really remember what happened in the second half of last season, other Nothing than it good. was it's kind of a struggle. It was kind of brutal. Yeah, that that was a that was a tough series for UNO for sure. I mean, I think you looked at Friday night's game. You know, we get off to a good start in that game, and I I don't know if you were thinking what I'm thinking, but I'm thinking, you know, they might roll. Oh, in five that game. In, I'm yeah, thinking, five this minutes. Is the awesome, first five minutes. Good. Yep. And then it went to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, you had that beautiful goal 
by Nolan Sullivan, that beautiful backhand goal to start the start the game off. Mm-hmm. Things were looking good, and then it, it was just it was bizarre. It was like not long after that, the the tide seemed to shift, and it was as if. We started trying to do too much, I think. Yeah, and it was as if Miami started and, really dictating play. Yeah, and then they got the power play, which is our Achilles heel. Has been our Achilles heel, and we really need a solution for that because it's getting really, really right. bad. And for, uh, so Gilling scores on that power play right. to even it for Miami, and that was just kind of... That, that, that changed the sled. complexion of the game, didn't you Absolutely, think? Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was like... There were there were moments this weekend where I felt like we were just kind of sitting around watching them move around the puck in the offensive zone. And I mean, they did a great job moving around the puck, Miami did, in their own offensive zone. But it was like we were just, for whatever reason, it was like we were just watching them. Right. And we that's the, the common statement is, is play your game, don't play theirs kind right. of thing. And we just got sucked into what they were trying to do. We, right. We didn't have an answer for anything. When exactly. We, when we get a low turnover, it was, we'd give it right back to them. I mean, stupid plays up the boards that, like, aerial the puck, get it out of the zone, regroup, and move in transition. And we didn't have much of a transition game. We had some terrible turnovers in our offensive zone. Really bad one. Yeah. And, you know, this you've said this before on the podcast, that this season, the difference, it seems, with this team is that they don't seem to give up and give in. Right. And being down two goals late in the game, we get a goal, it gets called back, and I'm thinking, we're done for. Stick a fork in this. Like, I kind of thought we were done before that. Right. And then when we get the goal and it gets called back, I'm thinking there's no way they bounce back. From that type they of thing. They get two goals in the last minute. Right. And we get to overtime. And I'm thinking. At that hey, point, I'm thinking. That's think, awesome. At that point, I'm thinking they're going to win in that five minute, five on five overtime. I didn't know about the five minute five on five because I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't impressed by anything that I saw from us five on five. I thought three on three, we're going to be like, we need to finish this now. And, you know, the likes of, like, Sullivan and Ward and Weiss on the ice. I mean... You've got the op- you, more more open ice sheet right. with fewer guys out there. You thought maybe their speed, maybe their skill would help us They'd get the extra get the point. Some better, better position, you know, better opportunities, and we'd see them. That was my thinking, at least, you know, prior to overtime, was that that's sure. probably how I was going to end. we get a goal in the three-on-three. Three. Uh, instead, Miami gets a power play in the three-on-three, what I would say is a very, I don't know if I, I have a hard time saying it's a borderline call. It's kind of one of those things like it was, it was called right because technically it was a hook, but it was not called a hook at any other point in that game. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me get your, get your thoughts on officiating. Cause it's very easy to sit on these podcasts and just berate the officials, but it was an interesting game because there was a lot of stuff that could have been called that it seemed like they didn't call. It was it was almost like they were trying to let the two teams play. 
And in a scenario like that, then you ask yourself, why do you call that penalty in the three-on-three overtime? If you really haven't, you know, if you've you've been kind of taking a light-touch approach with penalty calling throughout the game, because there weren't a lot of power play opportunities for either team this weekend. And that was one I'm like, well, why do you call this now? My problem with a lot of it was, like, they... They seem to kind of just let the game be the game. Right. And let the kids play. That's exactly what I'm... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And then it's almost like they got it in their head that they're going to lose control or something, so I have to call something, and then they call something that's really, like, 50-50 call. Well, and my feeling is... it's not an obvious... If you want to call something like that for the overtime period that counts... Go ahead and do it. And I know this counts in the conference standings, but the three on three, and then if it goes to the shootout, shootout. the shootout, that's just for the extra conference point. At that point, it's still a I'm tie not sure. NCAA. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure why you're calling it at that point. But right. that, but that definitely, but I think like threw the said, team I off. Mean, yeah, I, I railed about this because it. I don't know if you sit up in two sixteen with us. I was the one freaking out over this. At the end of the last face off of regulation play. In the neutral zone, the Miami player kind of lunges forward to push, I don't remember which Omaha player it was, um, out of the face. It's hard to keep track because we get thrown out of the dot so much. So he lunges forward, pretty common play, to push the player out of the way, but the UNO player had kind of backed up a little bit, and so he ended up down on his knees in the face-off dot. And from up in 216 very clearly takes his hand off of his stick and pushes the puck backwards into his defensive zone. It's not a hand pass because the pass is received in the defensive zone. But the rule specifically states that you cannot play a puck off the faceoff with your hands. You can't. It's an automatic two-minute penalty for delay a game. It should have been called. We should have started the five-on-five overtime with a five-on-four power play, and it wasn't called. And it, those are things that are not subjective. It's right. not something where the ref gets to say, I don't know, it looked like a hook to me. Or, you know, eh, he was falling into the, 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 the goal that's turned off, you know? Right. Is he, is he falling into the net? Or is the Miami player with his arm around the back of him the one pulling him into the net? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which one is it? Like, I know. I get that. Exactly. I look at that going, I get that two people are going to look at that exact same play and say two different things. Okay? Sure. I understand that. This is black and white. This is, if you do this, it's a penalty. Right. And they didn't call. And I'm sure that if you talk to the refs, they're going to say, well, that's not the way we saw it, or we didn't see him take his hand off and play the puck with his hand. We thought he played the puck with his stick. I, I'm sure that that's what they'd say. Right. But I'm just like... I'm up there in 216 and I saw it. Oh, yeah. You were upset about that. I... I know. I heard I you. I don't like it when black and white calls go... Like, it's I understand it's obvious. that. I understand. So... And I don't like picking on the rest because they've got a hard job. I, and I no don't one either. likes them and I get it. I don't it, either. But... Most most of the weekend, quite honestly, was played five on five, which you and I, I think, in yeah. general, would agree that that's the kind of hockey that we like to watch. Even right. strength hockey. But it was just kind of a kind of an unusual just feel to that entire Friday game. And like you said, and like I said, you know, Miami really was able to dictate how that entire series was played. 
I, I've seen people on Twitter saying that, oh, we lost the game because of the refs, and I am... I... I have been of that position in the past in certain things, but generally speaking, that is not my... Like, we no. did not lose that game because the refs made poor decisions and poor calls. We lost that game because we did not play to the caliber that we know we can. Right. We didn't play with the execution and the ethic that we've shown to this to this point of the season. Sure. That was that was what I've been worried about all season from our team, right? A lot of freshmen have a hard time dealing with alterations to what they kind of get into as far as a norm. Right. And I know we want to talk about the whole like parents weekend side of things. Sure. So maybe this is the point to interject that, but you have an alteration to your normal home schedule because your family's in town and you're given a little bit more freedom to go out and do things. Yeah, and it's 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 emotional mm-hmm. because you're playing in front of mom, dad, mm-hmm. stepmom, stepdad, brothers, sisters. And it's it, there's there's a number of activities that they do on these player week. A lot of fans don't know this. It's not just about having the players come out and do the the photos and the player parent introductions onto the ice. You know, they have they typically have a brunch on Saturday morning when I was on the Blue Line Club Board of Directors, mm-hmm. you know, 17 years ago. I remember Bridget and I got to go to a brunch and it was the Blue Line Club Board, the parents, the players. And it was it was at the Happy Hollow Country Club. It was a lovely uh, buffet that they served there. And it was kind of a neat deal. I can't remember what player we sat with, but it's you know, that throws you off your normal Saturday morning schedule before the the second game of whatever series it is you're playing. So there's, there's a lot of that. And then sometimes they've had post game reception. So there's just a lot of stuff going on, especially when you have 12 freshmen on the team. And this is their first time in college, their first time playing here. In many cases, the relatives first time in town, very likely, right? you know, so it, it throws things off and that's, that's not meant to, you know, sound negatory at all on parents weekend but it definitely i remember dean blaze one of the things that some kind of ruffled some people's feathers was he would try to have that at the earliest point in the season he could have with a non-conference series to kind of get players the the parents weekend kind of out of the way early on before you get into the meat of the conference season so so potential solutions to that though i think are to essentially postpone it and like not have it so much of a parents like weekend as it is more of a parents game. And you know, Saturday is the parents game. It's you know, you do something special. It's gonna be the harder of the two games to win, but Fridays are routine. Right. So Saturday's slightly different. And then, you know, give them a break. Maybe, you know, like this in this situation we've got a game leading into Thanksgiving break, right? Right. So maybe you give them and say, look, we're going to, you know, you're going to have Sunday off. We'll have, you know, maybe a light skate on Monday and we'll be back to things on Tuesday. And so from the end of the game on Saturday to when we have practice on Sunday, it's you and your family and go have fun. And we're not going to schedule anything for you. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to do any of those types of things. And let them just be family, right? For for a period of time, right. and not have it like not try to interject it into the weekend. Just have it be something special in one game, and be done with it. 
Right. As you're you're saying, as opposed to having kind of like an itinerary of events yeah. for the players and the or like to do. trying yeah. to do it, you know, when you've got a game this weekend and the game next weekend. I think, you know, doing it this weekend works out well because you, because, you have a weekend. Right. Off. And a, and a number of the players will be going home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So so yeah, this 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 made sense. When you looked at the schedule, this oh, yeah. would have been the series that would have made sense. I just think that part of it might be that they're trying to make a whole weekend out of it, and maybe right. you just need to go back to saying it's a game. It's I know. one game. We're giving you one game. Jason and I are go. so hardcore to all of our <laughs> to all of our listeners out there. We really aren't. We are the we are the most family oriented, sensitive people in the world. But you it's, know, you just never know. We're 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 also hockey fans, and we're incredibly superstitious, and we're yeah. all about you know. What what are you going to do that's going to uh, throw off the mojo for the weekend? You I've know? heard people, I've heard players say this in press conferences that they've blamed the reason why they've lost on routine, and it's right. it seems weird to people who haven't been through it. But a lot of these kids, you know, I, I remember some NHL players that said, "I've gone back and looked at it, and since you know, midget major hockey, you know, since double AA, A, triple A hockey that I've been playing." I've eaten the same chicken and rice before every game. Sure. For 20-some years, this is what I eat before a game. So when when you've gone through, in these kids' cases, you know, maybe a handful of years of this is the routine that I'm in, and now there's one game that I'm not, it just, it's weird, but it does throw just off your... Just a little, your, a little your, just tiny thing that kind yeah. of just throws it off. I Yeah, I completely agree. And look... This goes back to the Mike Kemp era. UNO has tended to struggle on Parents Weekend yeah, over I, the years. I don't know how you can I don't know how you would be able to go back and check this, but I saw someone post that said that UNO's never won a a game at Baxter on Parents Weekend. On, yeah, or parents I and I don't and know like, and I wow. and I'll just say I don't know that that's true or not. Know, I haven't I don't know that it is. It's not the best source, but I, I mean, I, it made me think and made me go, man, what, when was Parents Weekend last year? And did we lose both of those games? And I, so yeah, I, I, don't I, I don't know how yeah. you, I mean, I have to go back and do some pretty big digging it's, to try to figure that out. And if any one of the fans want to go out and dig that out, because it would be a pretty interesting thing to see. So it's kind of one of those kind of peculiar and unusual yeah. stat, statistical things that we yeah. talk about. Yes. But just so all the parents know out there, we love you. I, and we, we love the fact that you guys come to Omaha and support the guys and support the team. But just from a mojo point of view, it definitely can throw off a, a player's routine, especially a team that has so many young players on the roster, as opposed to a team right. that might be a senior-laden team. So I want them to come out. I just want them to have their day. Like, I, I don't... I almost think it's not fair to them to have, as players, to have all the stress of the game. When you've got family you haven't seen in... Sure. You know, pro- maybe months. I mean, you can remember some of these kids. Like I said, they came in at the beginning, the start of the school year, and this. You remember, is it. and we heard that these twelve freshmen came in at the beginning of July. Yeah. So for some of these guys, it's been a it's long possible. time. It's possible they may not have seen family for that long. Yeah, especially the guys who are from Canada and and further points on the yeah. map. You know, who's playing? You know, parents can't get down here for a series. So that definitely could have had a, an impact. I also, and this is, I know I'm, this is, I'm going to get criticized for this. You may criticize me for this. You don't even know where I'm going with this, but I know that people look at Miami 
Okay. And they say, Miami's not as good as Ohio State, and Miami's not as good as Wisconsin. Okay? Mm-hmm. On the surface, you might agree with that. However, we don't know at this point what kind of team Miami's going to become this season. Now, you know that I said in our season preview podcast at the beginning of the season that I thought Miami was going to be a stronger team and a more competitive team in the NCHC this season. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that to to say that they were going to finish in the top half of the conference. By no means am I saying that. However, I do think under Chris Bergeron, they're going to be a more competitive team. I think that having a head coach who doesn't have the cloud of, is he going to be back next season? Is he going to get fired? I think that that helps the right. psyche of a team during the season. You look at a guy like Chris Bergeron, he was an assistant at Miami during kind of their glory years under Enrico Blasi, kind of those years leading up to the formation of the NCHC when they made like seven or eight straight NCAA tournament appearances. And I thought that they played, I mean, setting aside how we played for the weekend, I thought they actually played very sound hockey this weekend. And I don't think they we can necessarily take anything away. I mean, they took advantage of the opportunities that they had. They scored some pretty backdoor goals on us. And it's possible that they're going to be a more competitive team in this conference this season than we assume, considering how they had done the last, you know, three or four seasons. And I know that um, you're just sitting here pondering this. I, I, I you're, you're well, probably, you're probably on the line of the other. And, and look, I picked a sweep last week, and I think that this is a team we should be able to sweep. But you look at that series that they played at home against Duluth the week before, and they played them tough both games. They got a split in that series, and I just wonder, did they have you know a little bit of confidence coming in, having played well against the defending national champs? You know they seem they seem motivated this weekend, and that that was my point last week in struggling mm-hmm. with agreeing with you is like yeah I look at it on paper and say we should beat them we really shouldn't even have much of a challenge with this sure. this is a team that we should sweep and you know win by a few goals right. two or three each night and that's the way it should go when you look at stat sheets and performance and and that stuff but. That, those unknown factors of how do we come back from the season we've had to this point? How do these freshmen deal with parents weekend? How do they deal with, you know, a road trip and then coming home? Uh, Games before uh, a long break. These are all things that for 11 freshmen are new things to deal with. Right. I, I have a problem with, the idea that it's this is your your statement is a lot of times the argument for bringing in subjective evaluation to the formula for rankings and college hockey we talked about this in the last podcast right the, the difference between college hockey and other things is that it's not a bunch of people in a closed it's room not saying, subjective it's I all think this mathematical it's comparisons mathematical. yeah so the challenge becomes now mathematically we have to overcome that we just lost to a team that other teams are expected to beat. Right. 
So when you're having to say UNO hasn't played Clarkson, let's say. Right. But Clarkson's played Miami. Right. If Clarkson sweeps Miami at Miami, mathematically, Clarkson's better than us because we couldn't beat them at home. So that's that's the challenge that these guys are now up against is they put themselves in a hole not just because they lost right on right six well, and, and and what you're saying to explain to people like if Clarkson beats Miami right and we're being compared to Clarkson in the pairwise rankings if it's a you and, know, and and we don't and and, and, in, yeah. and we don't beat let's say let's say we only get that tie against Miami this season when we go play at Miami right. in the second half of the season let's say they sweep us there just for uh, argument's yeah, sake I mean that'd be even worse you but know yeah. at that yeah. <laughs> That, I'm would, saying that like, would not be good. But, but yes, yes, and so we lose that comparison right. to Clarkson because. So you don't have... know. You don't know where teams are going to be at the end of the year. You don't know are they overperforming no. now and they're going to underperform later. You don't know if they're you know playing average hockey and they're going to do it all the way through. You don't know. You don't know what the rest of the season holds, right? Right. All we know is is that it's a, especially with our team, it's a likely situation where we are in a situation of having to overcome another team off ice where the math that goes into whether or not you make the tournament is based on comparison, mostly based on comparison data points. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's all going to be based on, and I know what you're saying. You're saying you and those probably not going to be like one of these juggernaut teams that's sitting in the top five of the pairwise all we season. Yeah. So we could potentially be, you're saying one of those teams like in 16, 17 place. That's right there on the bubble. When you consider well, the auto bid and everything else, exactly. 13 through 17. If yeah. We end up 13 through 17. There, there's a lot of uncertainty because auto, auto bids mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah. There, there's no question about it, but I'm not worried about that at that, at this point. That's not my concern. My concern, as you know, is with my prediction with this team finishing fifth in the conference. Because I think this year, if you look at how the last couple seasons have gone, UNO right now is basically their goal is competing for home ice in the NCHC. That has to be the goal as far as I'm concerned from a from a mental and motivational point of view. Financial point of view? From a financial point of view, too, it would be it would be great to finally use our unused playoff ticket that we uh, playoff ticket credit that we haven't used. Well, yeah, in, the university keeps giving us free. Games I don't know. Every year. I don't know how many. Yeah, people are going to be in an uproar if we do actually have home playoffs in the NCHC because we're going to finally use that credit. And everyone's going to be like, "What the hell did the ticket prices credit? go?" Yeah, where what that? <laughs> but Let's I mean, have a whole podcast explaining that. My feeling is, you know, for us. I look at our conference race and I, mm-hmm. I just want to break it down into smaller segments because the fact of the matter is you've got North Dakota sitting in first place in the conference and they've got 17 points in the conference race that they've racked up. And we have four points right now. If you look at that, you're going to be like, how the hell do we catch them? How when, do we ever catch yeah, them? Yeah, how do we yet? ever catch them? So I look at it and I say, your goal has to be to get yourself in fifth place because generally speaking, the team that's in fifth place is in within spitting distance of the team that's in fourth place home ice for you, whether you're one through four, it doesn't matter. Home ice is like finishing first place in the conference for a team like UNO this season with so many young players, so many unknowns, so many uncertainties going into the season. And so that that's what UNO's focus has to be. You look at Miami and you look at how they played. They're sitting in fourth place in the conference right now. I think we would look at that and say, Miami's a team that at some point down the road, we can catch. 
Colorado College is a team that we can catch. These are the things that we have to well, do. Yeah, we haven't played them. So there's a there's, there's a, a lot, lot of uncertainty. We don't know. We don't know, we don't we don't know, know Denver. I mean, Denver's right ahead of us in the standings in sixth place. But and Saint Saint Cloud's they went in, on a tear to begin. So exactly. Just had, that's Saint, just a yeah. That's just a Saint Cloud is in last place. They, they have no conference points whatsoever. Right. But I I don't discount them for a minute. I mean, they're going to be a team that you know they're going to win some games in this conference, and they might look pretty good doing it as the season progresses. You just don't know. So there's a lot of uncertainties, and so I'm just. Remember, I'm wondering, yeah. I ahead. remember a Hockey East coach, and I, I wish I could remember which one it was, but I remember a Hockey East coach saying on a radio broadcast at one point in time um, where they talked about getting into the tournament and then losing you know, pretty badly in the NCAA tournament. Right. And this coach had said, you know, we look back on the season, we just got lucky. We had to play, you know, Boston and Boston College, and we played them early in the season when they were struggling to get started. Sure. Where at the end of the season, Boston and Boston College that year were, were playing better hockey, right? Yeah. So that's the like, you know, right now, I don't want to see Denver. I don't want to see North Dakota. Right. I would really love to see St. Cloud. Yeah. Because I don't think St. Cloud is as bad as a team as their record shows. And if they're having an off start to their season... I want to see it now. Yeah, and the question is, when we play them in December coming up here, you do ask yourself the question, Jason, which is, what if they suddenly start playing good hockey against us? And that's what I wonder about Miami. Did they just, was it just, you know, we had some success against Duluth. We haven't had a lot of success against anybody the last few years. So maybe they just put together a good performance. I obviously think, and I think you think, and I think everybody else thinks we had a hand, or the way we played had a hand in the... I I think... We let them dictate. I think we, we lost let, that we, game more than they won the game. Yeah, and that's Both what games. I. That's why I think most most people yeah. think. However, but, however, they did play solid hockey. That's the only thing I'm going to say right. here. And I know people are going to are they're going to disagree with that and they're going to discount that. I just I thought they 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 played solid hockey. And look, they did what they needed to do to win. They stuck with their game plan. There was nothing that seemed to really throw them off of their game plan. And so, the other thing I'll mention is. Gwazdecki uh, was one that I know was really big on on this kind of mindset. Um, Denver in their heydays when they were winning national championships, and someone asked him like, "Well, you know, you're not doing so good in the in the WCHA this year. You know, what's what are you going to do to to be better in the WCHA?" And I remember he looked just like point blankly at the reporter and said, nothing. We're not going to do anything about it. We don't care. The concept of winning a conference to a team like Denver is just, it's the icing. It's not the cake. His focus day one, every team at Denver was national championship. Okay. What do we do? To win a national champion, so so let me. I can see where you're. Just right. Me, so I can see where you're coming from with the like. How do we position ourselves in our conference to maybe have some success that we haven't had? Right. And especially with a younger team or something. Right. I think that if you want, if you look at this team from an administrative standpoint or from a coaching standpoint, and you say our goal at Nebraska Omaha is to be competitive for a national championship. And we want to be on the national stage. You can't go into any season thinking anything other than where do we end up nationally. Okay, now uh, let me let me let me follow okay. this up by saying I understand what you're saying. Okay, uh-huh. and I agree. 
And I was one of the people who loved the season that UNO got to the NCAA tournament and found their way to the Frozen Four. I thought that was a terrific accomplishment. But there are a lot of fans out there who, and I don't know if it's revisionist history or if this is how they felt at the time, there were a lot of fans who were upset. Because under Dean Blaze, UNO had a reputation for, you know, kind of kind of skidding a little bit at the end of March and then the first round of the conference playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Now I looked at the situation in 2014, 15. I thought it didn't matter how we did in the conference playoffs. The conference playoffs are a moot point. They got into the NCAA tournament, right? They won their regionals. It doesn't matter that RIT upset Mankato, the, who was the number one overall seed that year. UNO didn't have control of that. UNO just had control over the games that they were playing in the tournament. And then they got to the frozen four. And they lost in the Frozen Four to the eventual national champion. But there are fans out there. There are fans out there that they want to win. And I'm using air quotes now in case anybody's wondering. Because uh, I know Ryan Buteau mentioned this on Mav Puck Because I do use quotes around stuff. But there are people who want to win, air quotes, the right way. So they want to do it where we play well in March. We win our first round playoff series and we get to the NCHC playoffs. Okay. Even if we're not a team that's good enough pair wise, when it comes to the, you know, RPI, you know, head to head and the comparisons, they just want to win the, you know, the, the incremental, like you're, you're climbing up the pyramid way. They just want to get to the NCHC frozen face off because we haven't done that before. So that's kind of what I was looking at in that since, since so you're I, saying, you're saying that your comment is basically that the step to that is right. focusing short term on right. winning conference. Right. Again, again, not not worrying about what's going on with the teams at the top of the conference because UNO has been in the bottom half of the conference the last few seasons. Your goal is essentially trying to win the bottom half of the conference, trying to finish in fifth place, which if you're close enough in points at the end of the season and there's a couple games left, you could end up finishing in fourth, you know, depending on how that shakes out and what the gap is between fourth and fifth. So that's my goal is my goal for them would be focus on achieving, you know, that kind of success, winning the games you need to win in order to, you know, get into fourth or fifth place at the end of the season, because you and I, and I, I, you and I really haven't talked about this, but I think you would agree with me in the frozen four season I'm not really worried about the fact that they didn't make the conference finals or that they slid a little bit in March. They got to the frozen four that season. Ultimately, the goal should be, in your Gwazdecki analogy, the goal should be getting to the NCAA tournament and trying to win a national championship. Right. And the, the challenge is, and this is the reason why I think that a lot of national college hockey writers have had a hard time picking NCHC teams. And the reason why they've been wrong a lot of times right. in picking non-NCHC teams yeah. is because in a lot of conferences, there's, you know, there's a couple teams at the top and then there's all the rest, everything else. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And the belief is, from these people, I infer from the way they write, that 
the conference play in the NCHC, particularly in the tournament, is so grueling yeah. that it hurts you more than it helps you. And so teams like Boston and Boston College, yes, they get some easy you know, softball games to start with. They have to prepare themselves for playing each other. They duke it out on the ice for one game. Yeah. One team comes out ahead. And, you know, they're they're better prepared because, you know, they worked incrementally to something and they sure. had, a, you know, a meaningful test. Right. Whereas in the NCHC, there is no softball. No. You show up yeah. day one of the tournament and it's fight. Yeah. Hard. Yep. Because every team wants it and every team's good enough to win it. Yeah. And so... It's it's odd actually that the NCHC has the pedigree that it has for winning the national championship because I would be one that would say the same thing. I would expect that these teams are beating. You would think snot. after they've spent the whole season beating each other up that right. they wouldn't have anything left in the national tournament, but it's just the opposite. That's it almost like it's like almost it's, like it like it prepares them for it. It's, yeah, it's like you know culling iron through fire kind of thing. Yeah, like we we just. We sit here and, and the entire conference play is to strengthen one team yeah. to just, you know, sled them. And I don't mean the team that wins it because the team that wins it is the one that usually wins the national team. It's usually that runner up that's like, we've, you know, we've been sharpened to the point where, you know, yeah. we could cut anything. Absolutely. But then we're dropped at the end. And it's, so now we're, we're sharp and we have a chip on our shoulder. See, and that was my, that was my thing with UNO. I don't discount that frozen four appearance because UNO needed, did what they needed to do during the season in the grueling NCHC to put themselves in a position in the national tournament to get to the frozen four. And so, but we didn't have a good tournament. We've never really had a good NCHC tournament. No, we never have, but there are a lot of fans that they're very angry about that. They want, they want to, they want to, be able to go on a trip to St. St. Paul yeah. to the NCHC frozen face off and enjoy watching our team there. And they're there. And, and part of, part of the reason they were disgruntled with Dean blaze during the Dean blaze years was because he didn't get us to the conference Which finals. Very well. Maybe I don't, I don't know what his philosophy was, but it very well may be that his idea for where this program belongs is one that people always think they have a shot, right? Right. Like, Denver, I don't care. Don't look at stats. Don't look at team. Don't look at players, right? Right. Does Denver have a chance this year at a national championship? Sure. I don't know very many people that any given year wouldn't say, yes, they've yeah. got a shot. North Dakota. Same Boston, thing with North Dakota. Boston yep. College. Yeah. Like these are perennial yeah. power teams, teams yeah. right? And the question for fans listening to this podcast is, is that where you want the UNO Mavericks? Is that your expectation for this team or... Is this just a team that you would like to see win some games and have a shot and occasionally make the tournament? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So you're saying we need to have a, a higher focus than just winning the conference. I just think that you need to, you, you need to decide what you want right. from this team so that you can decide whether or not, as a fan, right. this team is giving you what you right. expect. Correct. And I don't think it's a, it's not a right or wrong. No, because I don't I think, think it's so either. Perfectly okay to sit here yeah. and say, I really want this team to be competitive. I'd love to see us compete for conference championships. Conference championships, and I'd love to go see them win a conference championship. E- e- yeah, even if even if they were a like an upstart surprise right. lower seed that won that 
you know, wasn't good enough in the pairwise to make the tournament. Yeah. I would like to see them compete for the the to be the best in that conference tournament every year. And if we make the tournament, if we make the NCAA tournament, then great, gravy, fine. That's right? yeah, exactly. That's icing on the cake. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And or do you want to be someone who says like we need to do what we need to do so that we right. can you know win a national championship? Yeah. I would. Me personally, I just. I love the prestige of winning a national championship. Yeah. I think it would be an amazing thing to see UNO's name etched Absolutely. on a national championship. Yep. And to see what this town would do with a college team that brought yep. home something like that. Well, look because, at look at look at what happened with the Frozen. I mean, look at the look at the ticket sales that were sold yeah. for Baxter Arena, the outpouring of support when they got to a Frozen 4. However ridiculous that might have been Feels, to, for some fans, they got there. Even just the first and it made year, a difference. Yeah, when we got to the tournament and got our yeah butts handed to us by Boston. to Boston and University. We, we that, sat here going, "Yeah, that <laughs> is better than us." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? That made a difference getting to that NCAA it tournament. Does. It does. It does in the mind of the community. Even as bad as we lost. And obviously, Jason got Jason and I got in a tangent here about what our expectations are for the team. Obviously, we didn't do. But it do, comes back to the yeah, game. We didn't do what comes, we needed to do this weekend in order right. to put ourselves in a position to do some of those things. It's just that you know it goes back to the way the the two ways that we're looking at it. Like you right. looked at that loss and you said, "This is a loss in conference points, and it doesn't help us get to where right. you expect us to be, which is you know in that four or five slot competing right. for home ice." Exactly. And I looked at it going. My first thought was. This is the game that I'm going to look back and say, we lost this series and we may be a bubble NCAA team. Right. And this is the reason when we lose a pairwise comparison to some right. other team, because we didn't beat Miami, we're going to be like, if we just gotten at a split, let's say yeah. against Miami at home, that might've made the difference. Or if we gotten a sweep against them, which I was expecting right. and a lot of us were expecting that would make a difference. And we've talked about this before, you know, the teams that are good teams find a way to win the games that they should win, right. especially in the first half of the season, because that's when, you know, NCAA tournament runs and conference tournament runs, you know, runs are, right. are won and they're established. So, so the great thing is, is that Friday night they fought back and they were able to yes. at least get the one point. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Saturday night, I really thought, you know, when we left on Friday. I thought I they'd thinking, come out on fire Saturday is, night. I thought they, This yeah. is what I expected. This is what I talked about on the podcast yep. even, you know. Like, I, I, I had a hard time saying that we we're going to sweep. I had a hard time saying both games. But you but know, the we, scenario, we the scenario set up after Friday that looked like your scenario where you were thinking... We salvaged and we got one point out of that weekend. We got a tie in the right. NCAA standings. We're gonna come out and prove. And so to them the next Saturday night, we're gonna we're gonna mm -hmm. do what we've done this year and not lose a game on Saturday night. Much and in the way like we did at Western Michigan, where they're gonna come out, they're gonna be on fire, and right. that that did not happen. And it was it strange. Didn't. It was strange. I was very surprised by that, and I think you would agree. I, I thought Saturday's game was worse than Friday's. I, I would agree with that. And I, I really didn't see anything in that game that said this team's, you know, going to be competing for home ice. It's going to have a shot. Like it, it looked, it looked like, games, yeah, it looked like in many respects, it mm -hmm. looked like the team that we saw play last, last season, season. Yeah. That, that struggled mightily. Yeah. They kind of gave up on things. They lost we, the puck and they didn't really, we, we let the other team dictate play. Yeah. I mean, they only got, they only got six shots, I think in the slot. And Miami blocked 25 shots. I mean, we didn't get a lot of we good scoring scored. opportunities in that game. 
So on an off weekend like this, it, it's a yeah. very difficult thing to pick a player of the game. Yeah, our player of the weekend. I think I will say that there was one line that both games was, I thought, by far our best line. Okay. And that was the Ward and Sullivan and Weiss line. Okay. Friday night, Saturday night, they were productive. Yep. They were on the puck. Yep. They, even in some of our worst times on Saturday, they still seemed to be yep. at least trying to move us in, in the right yeah. direction. And then like another line would come out and I'm just like, oh, we're back to this again. Yeah. So it just didn't seem to catch on. But you have a player you want to... My player, I'm going with Taylor Ward for the weekend. And I think that is... I mean, you could go he with had, anyone on that line. He had a, he had an assist on Friday night. He had the goal Saturday night. He had a post on Friday night, too. So, I mean, he oh, had a goal that, and You're right. Yeah. That was that thing just clanked right off that thing. Crossbar, oh, man. my gosh. Yeah. Hard off the crossbar. Yeah. So, no, he's, he's an impressive player. And I, you know what? I, I, I admired what he said in the post-game presser on Saturday night, which was something to the effect of it doesn't matter if you get 30 shots, if none of them are high-quality shots, and there's no rebounds that you can put in the net, it doesn't matter. No one there for the rebounds a lot of times. Right. Um, I, I'll go back to Sullivan. Yeah. Sullivan was, Sullivan was terrific this weekend. We've been impressed with him the last couple of weekends. He seems to be our best face off guy. Absolutely. Mostly because he doesn't get thrown out. I don't know what our deal is. Why we get thrown out of the dots so much. I don't know. That's, that's been something that's plagued UNO for a long, long time. And, um, but he's our, he's our most solid guy. Yeah. At the faceoff and, dot, and I'll tell you what that played that, on the line that I thought was the best line. So. That Friday night goal, that backhanded goal that he put in yeah. to start that was a sweet, Pretty sweet goal. Nice. Yeah. yeah, beautiful goal. Yeah, he's been impressive this season. So, I I mean I don't know that there's a whole lot else. I thought Seville was average in net. Yeah, I I would nothing spectacular. And, nothing I, and I'll tell you right now, I don't place our you know our failures this weekend on either of the goaltenders I, uh, no. I it was it was the play in front yeah of them. and Roden got his start on Saturday. yeah we for those that maybe you know we're kind of using this podcast as kind of a catch-up um it was Seville Friday and Roden on Saturday yeah so it was the first time in a in a few series that those two had split duty since the uh since the uh, Huntsville. Uh, Huntsville series yeah. yeah so tough circumstances for uh, both of them to play in this weekend yeah. I I thought they I thought they did admirably both had good saves it was just it was tough it was it was tough the way that we let Miami work around the puck in in their offensive zone this weekend. It was it wasn't a pretty sight. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but it's over, so you know you can't cry over spilled milk. We got to move on. There are more conference points to be had, more conference foes to face. We got to move forward. And in the spirit of moving forward, yeah, we get a week off. We get to take advantage of some turkey and happy Thanksgiving to all yes. of our listeners. Yes. We are thankful for you. That yes. <laughs> yeah, we are thankful for you, our listeners. <laughs> that was the dumbest comment ever. <laughs> dumbest I don't know where you're going empire. with this at all. Yeah. Um, I'm going to Duluth. That's where I'm going. Actually, we're not going to Duluth. We're going to a hockey tournament in Minnesota. 
um, so we'll miss the Duluth series. But Duluth is coming. I swear, here. if we sweep Duluth, you guys. We're gonna make you go. We're gonna make you go to a hockey tournament in Minnesota every weekend. I heard John is paying for me to go to Minnesota every weekend. I swear to you, if annoying people are sitting in your seats <laughs> that weekend, I am not gonna be a happy camper. We, we put our seats up on a, a church fundraiser, so yeah, this was if a, whoever this... bought those. <laughs> If whoever goes to our church yeah. and bought our, uh, bought our seats, just know that don't annoy John. This was a couple weeks ago when we were doing the podcast, and Jolene's like, John's going to stop by the church on his way home <laughs> and buy those and buy tickets. And I, and I should have done it. If I'd had cash on me, I totally would have been like, <laughs> yeah, I'll bid on those seats. So Duluth. Duluth coming in, I think a couple things to pay attention to. They had a big sweep at home of Cairo College. Yeah, you know, and it it kind of looked like and I don't I don't know if you thought this, but I got to tell you their results this week and in particular the Saturday night game where they they beat Colorado College and that's been a that's been a tough Colorado College team this season. They win 5 to nothing and you're starting to think the Scott Sandal and have that team going again. Yeah, you know. Noah Noah Cates was what we expected of him and I think that that's dangerous for any team coming in oh yeah you're absolutely right i mean they're just names that you hear like scott perunovich is a an assist master and he's a name that we've heard for the last couple of seasons they still have hunter shepherd and net i mean the guy must be you know 50 by now it seems like he's been playing in the nchc forever i thought after last season's national championship that he was done i i did not realize that he had another year of eligibility left so Scott Sandlin knows how to win hockey games. He knows how to win championships. You know, that was a series that a couple weeks ago might have looked like a, a, a favorable series for UNO, but suddenly got more interesting. They're sitting second place in the NCHC standings right now, right behind North Dakota. Who knows what's going to happen here in a couple now, weeks. Two. To go the the opposite way, okay. They have to. They have a series between now and then. They have to play Mankato. Mankato. Minnesota State Mankato. Mankato is playing really good hockey right now. That's going to tell us a lot. You know, it's almost too bad we're not doing this podcast. You know, next Sunday instead of now. You know, to do our predictions because it's a little bit of a head scratcher. Because you never know. Mankato plays well against. Yeah, I mean, Mankato goes in there and sweeps Duluth at home, and Duluth could be coming here with very angry players, right. you know, looking for a win. You know, a split's probably the best thing for us, because I think a split's kind of an, an unknown entity. You know, you, you didn't win, you didn't lose. But if they are back after that sweep against Colorado College, you if ask they, yourself the question, if they sweep Mankato? Do they start looking past us the way we kind of seem to look past... I, I actually think the, I actually uh, in a, in certain respects it's a double edged sword if they sweep Mankato because then you look at it and you're like they're back, right? You know are they are they going to be really good? Are they going to be a juggernaut coming in and playing? You also look at that in this regard. UNO will probably be pretty excited to play a really good Duluth team, and sometimes you know young teams like UNO tend to play up to their competition. You know you had Miami coming in, you know, 
the team by its own admission thought that that those games were going to be easy and they turned out not to be easy. But when you've got a team like Duluth coming in, which has the kind of going to be, yeah, which has the kind of national prominence that they do, you know, that's going to be a tough series and you're going to be up for that series. So I'm not exactly sure what I want the dynamic to be. I mean, I, there's, there's part of me that wants, you know, Duluth to come in playing their very best hockey so we can see where UNO is at. I look at it saying the power play, the the special teams play, power play, penalty kill, is more important, I think, in this Duluth series coming up than it has been in any series we've played to this point. Okay. Because on a lot of the comparisons, at to this point in the season, we match up pretty well. Okay. Duluth hasn't played its best hockey on the road. Right. So we get them at home and right. advantage us. Right? Yep. yep. We're similar in size. We're similar in age. We're similar in weight. We're, you know, goals for, goals against are not far off. We actually, we score more than they do. We allow other teams to score more than they allow. So it's going to be a, I, what I would assume to be is kind of a coin flip on, on that regards. Where they beat us is in both special teams, both the, their ability to score on the power play and their ability to prevent us from scoring on our power plays. And I think that and I will say they have a, they have good. a they have a seasoned goaltender. Yeah, and that that could be the difference. You know, we can't we can't take stupid penalties. No, we have to play well on the penalty kill. We have to play sound system and not chase. We chased a lot. Yeah. Pucks. Yep. Against Miami. We were. Yep. Uh, and I, we just, we just can't. It, it's going to come down to no. that. I think. So. What are our predictions? You, you want to? Do you want me to go first, or you want to? I'll go first. Okay. You go. This first. is the first week in how many weeks that I am not picking that we sweep. <laughs> not picking that we sweep. I'm a little gun shy now. My apologies to the team. Oh, golly. I don't know where I, you know. How far I, down the rabbit hole I know. I, you know, I'm, I've got my positive vibe going this season. Uh, it's hard to know. In some respects, I, you know, some people look at this week off, Thanksgiving week, because we're not playing any hockey this weekend, as kind of a good thing. I, I don't know if. I feel like that's a good thing because they're playing one of the top teams in college hockey this right. coming weekend, non-conference foe. In-state I'm, rivalry. I'm going to say, boy, and I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to say that we get swept by Duluth. We lose both games. Huh? We lose both games. And it's not going to be for lack of trying. This is not going to be like the Miami series where it just seemed like the team was completely flat. I think we're going to have our moments in that series. I just have a feeling, and again, not knowing how they're going to do against Mankato this coming weekend, I kind of wonder if Scott Sandlin has that team playing good hockey again. So I'm going to say that we get swept by Duluth. I I want to say the same thing 
I will say that we get swept, but I will say that if we do win, I think Friday's our best opportunity. Okay. I think that if we can catch them maybe a little bit hungover from their weekend prior and we're rested and ready. Right. I think Friday's the best chance to kind of surprise them and catch them. I mean, if you look at their okay. schedule, kind of like you and know, they seem to play their better hockey on Saturdays than they do on Fridays. Okay. And so my hope is, is that we're prepared and we shock them. I do too. Split, yeah. But my gut says this team, we just, when it comes down to, when I look at the, the stats and I look at the teams and I look at the way they play and I'm saying this is coming down to can we prevent them from scoring the power play and can we get a few power play goals on our own? This team doesn't seem to be able to do that. And, right. And that's the reason why I would say that we probably get swept by Duluth. Sure. And I think we're a little bit gun shy right now. And if UNO comes out and plays the way we think they're capable of playing... Who knows what could happen, but it's, it's, it's a tough one. We just haven't seen, we don't have a big enough sample size in NCHC right. play yet to know how they're going to match up against some of these teams that have been in the top half of the conference the last few seasons. So it's a, it's a, I it's a the, tough one. The message to the team is you're young, water off a duck's back. You had a bad series, right? Forget it and move on. There's, and there's, if they can do that, we're, we're good. Look, there's plenty of hockey left to be played. The fact yeah. of the matter is. UNO and St. Cloud have only played four games in conference. The rest of the teams have played six. So you've got an opportunity here to get caught up. And even with them, there'll be opportunities for points. You've just got to continue playing tough, continue playing your game early this season, and don't let the other team dictate. Remember, the recipe for success is split against the teams that you're not expected to Beat, beat and sweep the teams that you're expected to beat. Right. So we need to, at this point in time in the season, we didn't come through on our first chance at kind of taking that. We need to split against Duluth. We need to sweep Cara College. We need to sweep St. Cloud. We need to sweep the next time we get uh, Miami. And right. find a way to split DU. Find a way to split North Dakota. That's the, you want to talk about having yeah. a chance at the end of the season yeah. in the conference. That's, that's what you've got to do. Yep. Can you follow it? Yep. Like in the spirit of Thanksgiving, this is how you cook a turkey. Are you going to burn your house down by frying it on the porch or not? <laughs> well, <laughs> I love that turkey fryer analogy. <laughs> and on that point... If you want to follow all of the exciting exploits of Jason and I on this podcast, the other fans ruminating on this or that, and what the team's doing, follow MavPuck.com on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. You can find links to all of that at MavPuck.com. And until next time, we'll say happy Thanksgiving and go Mavs. Go Mavs. Go Mavs.